myself again But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn You look back and it's all in the past Good evening and welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Ray. It's Tuesday night, which is the night I say very little because I'm joined by Liam Kennedy. How are you, mate? I'm all good, all good. Um, on a week off this week, um, I've been getting a little bit of a barracking from some of the trolls out there saying, God, it's all shock he's took a week off this week. Just so happens in a North Tyneside, the kids are off this week. It's the first week of summer, summer holidays for our little ones, so... It's not. It's not to do with takeover. Why I took a week off, I'm going to show you. No, definitely not. Uh, but uh, it's great that you haven't taken a week off. And UFC matters, which is of course all that matters, and a chance for you to uh, uh, at least answer a few of those questions, uh, which are going to get thrown your way. And uh, quite an eventful uh, 24 hours, it has to be said. Um, and let's just go straight into the questions, Liam, because there will be that many. We'll never. Get, we'll never get through them all. Yeah, go on. You were just about to say something. Can I go on. Yeah, I want to do a little bit of housekeeping at first because there's a couple of people who've said have, have done us bits of favours or whatever or or, um, or messages that I want to put out just just before we crack on with those questions because I know there'll be loads. Um, first of all, I want to say thank you to regular watcher Ray Miller um, who got in touch and he's actually everyone will like this out there. He's managed to sort me internet out, so I've got the I've got a, a new internet getting installed tomorrow. So fingers crossed from now on we shouldn't have as many blips in your regular Tuesday night shows. That was the first one I wanted to put out. Um, also, um, I had Tune for Change get in touch as well, um, saying, seeing if we can give the, uh, something there, pushing a little bit of a push. Um, I'll just get it out here. Yeah, so, so they're, obviously, they're obviously putting out on the 15th of August, uh, 2021, 12 p.m. St. James's Park, we will be heard. And I wanted to make sure that I gave that a little bit of a mention on, on this show, with obviously everything that's going on, the course of transparency. The absolute lack of transparency that we're seeing in this process um, and, and obviously the, the anger that's sort of out there towards whoever it may be, whether it's club, whether it's Premier League, whatever. So I'm going to make sure I mention they, them as well. What are they actually doing? So I've asked them. I asked the question. This message came through about lunchtime today and I said, any more details you can give us about it? I haven't had a response. So so all I would say is just just stay tuned. Uh, really good guy who runs that, Joe. Um, so he, I'm sure he'll put something out there on the two for change. Um, website so anybody out there just give them a follow i'm pretty sure it's just at tune for change um okay. and the final one final one i wanted to give a little bit of a message to um was a guy who watches this show regularly from montreal sent a really nice message um out there um he's called brendan nickel um he's actually related to steve hasty but he sent a really nice message about the show saying that he watches regularly on a tuesday and he'd be watching tonight so i just wanted to send that little message out there thanks for watching brendan anyway that's me done. That's the housekeeping. I just want to make sure I've got a little list here on my phone. So I want I want to make sure I tick every little box. Good but stuff. Yeah, uh, thanks thanks to Brendan Nigel. Big shout out to him. Uh, and just a bit of housekeeping from me. Rotherham tickets have gone on sale. So if you've got a season ticket, £14. There's only 1,600 tickets. It's next Tuesday, 7 o'clock kickoff at the New York Stadium. I've got mine. Uh, make sure you get yours because they will sell quickly, I think. Um, Doncaster already sold out. But uh, yeah. Should be uh, should be interesting. I love my trip down there last time uh, and did actually do a rendition of New York, New York when I was walking in, uh, Liam, because uh, it's called the New York Stadium. Uh, but uh, yeah, and, and bus. Do you warming the vocal cords up now and give them a little rendition now? New or? York, New <laughs> York. 
There you go. Um, Shambles Travel, of course, are running a bus to Burton. Uh, the Doncaster bus is just about sorted, Amanda says. So Friday the 30th of July um, is our penultimate one uh, away to Burton. Book now, 077914-1779. That is 077914-1779. Speak to Amanda. She can sort you a space out on the Burton Albion bus. Okay, let's get to the question. Stuart Taylor straight in at, at the top. In your opinion, why do you feel the Premier League are opposed to the takeover? It's a really broad question, Stuart. Um, it's a really difficult one to answer. And and my my logic on this has always been that I'm not 100% the Premier League as an entity themselves or against it in particular. But I do believe there's been some puppeting and some joisting and some some uh, sorry jostling um, from from some some of the big six clubs. Um, we've seen that alluded to in the past in articles written um, in interviews with Amanda Staveley. And, and I, I thoroughly believe that that is the case. Um, there's, there's that, look, there's no doubt. Look, there's no doubt. I've, I've spoken to people, heard things. There's no doubt that there was some um, jostling when the decision-making process was was um, was happening uh, last year, around sort of March, April, May, around that time, before things fell fell apart a little bit, going into June and then July, of course. Um, there was there was some um, influence. How much of a, an actual influence that had on the decision making process again is is not for me to say. But should there have been any influence at all? No, there shouldn't have been any. Um, not from outside influences, for example, being sports, which there was of course as well as we all know with the letter. Um, but there was also some clubs involved in that as well, which just shouldn't have happened. It should have been it should have been a decision taken on on the facts presented. And I've yeah. seen some. I've seen some suggestions. Um, I can't remember. I'm off this week, so I'm not really reading everything. I'm not saving. I've got enough on my hands up now for the kids and trying to have a bit of fun in this in this lovely weather that we're having at the moment as well. Um, but I did see somebody sent me a snippet of an article. I think that came out might have been today or yesterday or whatever, and it said something about the Saudi Arabians uh, not providing everything that they should have provided um, for the Premier League to move forward with the test. I'm not. A, I'm not a man who swears on here much, but that is absolute bullshit. By the way, it is absolute rubbish. It isn't true. So I don't know who wrote it. I don't know what it was in, but it is rubbish. Absolute rubbish. They provided absolutely everything. They went above and beyond. Um, anybody who's got good sources has uh, spoken to people who may be close to the deal will know that the Saudi Arabians did everything asked of them and more in a very timely manner timely manner you'll get me get me, me reference there the premier league haven't done anything in a timely manner when they've decided to do things and i'm being a little bit cryptic here but sometimes they've decided to not do anything that's not just on the decision making process um there has been uh points where where things were asked extra things were asked of of, of the, the the buying consortium they were all provided everything was provided so why couldn't you make a decision that's a problem that obviously we're all, we're all walking this road together now at the moment. But I did see something. Somebody sent me a snippet. I don't know what it was in. I'm not about to start calling people out, whatever it was. And, and everybody gets things wrong from time to time. But that was absolute rubbish. They provide. They, they were asked what they were asked for. They were given um, with bells on. And it was not accepted. That's that's the way. That is my absolute understanding of it. Um, and, and nobody's going to prove us wrong on that one because it's fact. 
Yeah, fair enough. Uh, and uh, yeah, there's been a lot of uh, bullshit, as you called it, uh, flying around about uh, various things to do with uh, the takeover over the last 24 hours. We have tried to put that right. Uh, me and Keith Patterson did one earlier this morning about arbitration and about uh, you know the current situation with regards to the cat case. So uh, tune into that. It is uh, just called What Happens After Arbitration? Um, how important is the cat case? Just have a look and, and you'll find it. It was a video that was put out this morning. Tom Dixon takes it back to football. He says, Liam, any news on the Joe Willock deal? When I was in London on Friday, there was a lot of phone calls, and not between you and I, um, a lot of phone calls and a lot of talk um, that Willett was actually in Newcastle at the weekend, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, ready to put pen to paper. I mean, I guess, is that true or was that just a rumour? And um, if that was just a rumour, is there any any news on this particular deal? So look, Steve, I was getting the same phone calls in the same, in the same, in the same conversations on Friday. It, it, it sounded like uh, Willett himself, uh, with his family and representatives were travelling up on Friday evening. That's what it sounded like. I couldn't tell you whether he actually did or not. We all, of course, know that he was then in the squad on Saturday and came off the bench in a game against Rangers. I think we'll know a little bit more about where Arsenal stand on Joe Willock, is whether he, he ends up in this flight that they're playing in Miami on Saturday. If he, if he ends up there, then then you're going to be talking about a deal being weeks away. Um, it's probably not going to happen soon. Um, but who knows? Look, it, it sounds like there is a lot of confidence. There is a lot of confidence that this deal will get done. Any regular watchers of this show will know that I've, I've kind of said that all the way through, that there is a decent chance that he'll end up back here. Um, the problem that Newcastle have had, which we're sort of seeing with the, the uh, Christopher Ayer one, um, is that Newcastle United aren't going to go out and splash that kind of cash. Um, so if somebody comes in with a cash offer for Joe Willock and that it's acceptable to Arsenal, then it doesn't matter where he wants to go because he won't be coming to Newcastle because it's very unlikely they'll, they'll match it. Um, things are just a bit tight and it's really frustrating. Really frustrating. Um, what we need this summer is, is a responsible owner um, and we know we don't really have one. Of course, he keeps the balance sheets right. The club runs itself. Um, but we need a bit more than that this time because the finances have been hit. We need, we need him to be allowing the club to use overdrafts to lend um, uh, all that kind of thing just to get themselves through and, and remain competitive and improve themselves. Well, that doesn't, doesn't seem like it's going to happen. It's not the Mike Ashley way. And I think we're going to just be frustrated if that's what people are hoping for. If you're expect, expecting to see uh, Mike Ashley all of a sudden sanctioning 20, 30 million pound deals just to keep things ticking over, just isn't going to happen. Um, and it's sad. Because it could happen. It's not It's not a case of him even having to put his own money in. It's just a case of allowing the club to short-term uh, make some signings against some future earnings, which will come back and are coming back, but he won't allow it. Well, hopefully, hopefully he's a change of heart, but uh, uh, 15 years of, of Mike Ashley, however long it is, tells you that he doesn't allow that. He's very rarely allowed that, so I'm not expecting a change of heart this summer. Okay. Um, if anybody wants questions asked uh, and said, sorry, with regards to takeover, Keith Patterson from NCSL is in the chat. So if you're uh, on the uh, internet now and you can see the chat on the uh, YouTube page, uh, just uh, direct your questions towards Keith. He will answer them as best as he can. Uh, maybe he takes the pressure a little bit off uh, me and Liam. Uh, but Lee Taylor says, Evening lads, it seems as though the club wanted the cat case to happen over arbitration. If I'm correct, why is this the case? Really good question, Lee. Um, 
it's taken it look look we don't know exactly why uh this has happened and and the reasons and, and who pushed it in particular but from conversations i've had and from what i know i would suggest it's more likely that the club have pushed for this delay it's more likely the club than the premier league this time um if Cat runs, Kat, we've spoken on this show, and you, you'll have spoken about it on Friday's shows, regular watchers of NFC Matters will know that the one of the words that we've constantly talked about um, is disclosure. Disclosure is what could break this case. And, and what arbitration doesn't really give you is any kind of disclosure. Um, obviously, it's, it's within a Premier League framework. Um, and there is, there is, it's a shot in the dark, really. It's a, it's a, it's a 50-50 shot. That's what that's what the arbitration is. The cat is seen much more winnable. Um, of course, there are time frames with that. It's just a shame the club didn't uh, heed the warnings of one uh, Keith Patterson of NCSL, who was telling the football club and the key players at that football club back in October, run cat. It will give you what you need to win your arbitration. It will give you the kind of evidence that you're acquiring. In legal circles, they call them silver bullets. And that's what they're looking for. And that's what CAT could give them. I'm not going to sit here and say it's definitely going to give them that. But what the, the uh, delay, and everyone's saying it's a six-month delay, it could be longer. We haven't been given it's going to happen in January or February. It just is a start next year, effectively. Um, but what this does give a chance is for the, the CAT, if it goes ahead, which I'm led to believe it will go ahead, um, it gives it a chance to fire up. And it gives her a chance to, to get some dates. And if those dates uh, aren't in the, the, the too distant future, if they're maybe only um, two months away, three months away, I get this is frustrating. I get this is frustrating for people. And I'll come on to that in a moment. But if that, that, that only gives you, um, okay, the, the case is going to run in three months' time. I don't know. I'm just making dates up here for, for an example. What you would get is around the six-week mark, I'm told, is you would get disclosure, um, and it will be much more significant disclosure than you would ever likely get in an arbitration. And that's what could open the door. It could open the door to all sorts. Um, because I would love to just, I'd love to run a poll and ask everybody watching this show now, do you believe that the Premier League have been up to something in the last 12 months? This isn't even just re referencing, ref referencing Newcastle United's takeover. I mean, include ESL. I mean, include product, Project Big Picture, everything. Have the Premier League probably done something dodgy, underhand, behind closed doors in this process. And I think most people in a poll, if I pulled everybody would say, yeah, I think they probably have. There's your answer. Do the Premier League really want to reveal anything and everything about their dealings? All this dodgy stuff that may well have been going on behind the scenes? But what I'll come on to now is, is a, and I feel it, and it's a general frustration with Newcastle United fans. That's not me frustrated with fans. It's, it's referencing the frustration that a lot of fans feel. And I think the, the problem comes from fake dates and people putting timelines in their own head from things that they want to believe from people who don't, who obviously are just putting dates out there. I don't know. People, a lot of in the nose who might make things up. I've been very, very careful myself not to put dates on it. And that's why maybe this week I feel in a different um, mindset. I don't, that came last night and I didn't have the, I think a lot of people had the bang, the heartbreak. It's happened again. It's dead. It's been pushed and down. We've got Bruce again. We've got Ashley again. Look, this... You saw, Holly, this, saw Holly's face on the show when the news broke. I mean, she was devastated. 
Well, I think it's difficult because a lot of people have got this idea in their head and, and it felt like it was July. July, we'll get the answers. We'll get somewhere in July. I think 18 months, like everybody's got to take a step back. 18 months of this should have taught everybody that putting those time frames in your own head and, and putting them down as concrete is a really dangerous mental thing to do. You just got to relax with it. It will happen when it happens. If it happens, that's still if it happens. Um, and, and basically worrying or, or stamping your feet and chucking the toys at the pram saying, right, it's dead now. That's it. Dead. It's dead. It's not going to happen. Isn't going to make it ha not happen. And it certainly isn't going to make it happen. Look, at the end of the day. Also, Colin, Steve Wraith the cock doesn't make it happen, by the way. <laughs> You've been called worse, Steve. I've seen it. Even that was just today. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I, and, and I actually... I feel it as well. But what I would say why I'm in a different mindset is, and we had a conversation actually before this broke, Steve, we were talking on the phone on Monday and I said this to you. And, and it, I, I kind of, that's maybe why I feel more prepared for these kind of blows is that, or if it's even a blow, by the way, um, is that I don't, as long as it happens, I don't worry about when it's going to happen. And a lot of that confidence comes from speaking to people like you, speaking to people like yourself, speaking to, speaking to contacts in the game. And you think, is it really, is, is it, it, it should be worth waiting for. It sounds like it's going to be worth waiting for. And I don't worry if it's, if it's now oh, an arbitration in January or, or we might, might not get a cat until October or whatever. I'm just throwing dates here. I don't know the exact. Um, I'm not worried as long as it happens. I think everybody putting these fake timetables and, and, and dates, the club are the ones running these cases, by the way. And they've never come back and said dates. The only loose date I've ever had from the club and sources at the club is July. It should happen in July. And that was something that they were saying probably for around three to four weeks. And up until quite reasonably recently, they were saying it should happen in July. But they've never they've never known a date for cat. They've never known a date for this, date for that. They don't have dates. So where these dates are coming from and who's leaking these dates to in the nose, etc. I don't know because the club don't know. So where the hell these dates are coming from, I have no idea. Um, because the legal people who are dealing with this aren't telling the football club that. The football club are the client here. They're the ones who are not only running the arbitration, but running the, the cat case as well. Or of course, semantics. You might get some legal people out there and say, it's St. James's Holdings Limited. For God's sake, it's the football club. It's Mike Ashley. It's, it's, not a, it's nothing else. It's the one and the same. He's just done it that way to structure it differently um, for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, that's my little rant over on that. And I just think it's really, I find it really difficult when, when you see people say, oh, it's finished so or whatever. Look, I'm not, I've said on the show a million times, I'm not a glass full, full type of guy. Anybody who knows me really well, although I'm, I can be as, as negative a Newcastle United fan as the next man. But on this one, just let it roll, man. Just let it roll. It'll happen. When it happens, if it happens, and you worrying and telling me that it's over, because I get these tweets every day. Shut up, man. It's finished. It's done. It's dead. It's never been. You shouting and bawling at me. Just shouting and bawling on a silly little bird social media, uh, a little app on your phone, isn't going to make a difference. Just chill. Brilliant stuff. Um, yeah, and straight to the point as always. And next question, James Brown. Uh, the master of funk would like to know, since Newcastle can't compete with Brentford to sign a 
I have from Celtic. Is there any hope for Newcastle in this transfer window? Um, I see Brentford are doing the business in the transfer window. Maybe Titus Bramble is available on a free, says John Ditchie. So lots of worrying things, I guess, uh, with regards to the takeover. But more worrying is, um, you know, the lack of incomings because at the moment we don't know what budget Steve Bruce has got, in, if indeed he has a budget at all, um, and, and what players he's actually looking at. So, again, again, regular watchers, and I do say this a lot, but regular watchers, I know, I've been saying that since the start of January, saying, look, there isn't a massive budget there, and they're going to have to box clever. And they're going to have to box clever. Um, I think I think it could take, it, it took a crisis last summer for the purse strings to be loosened. Um, it wouldn't surprise us if it took a crisis this summer or something like that. Um Look, if this goalkeeping crisis gets any worse or continues or whatever, somebody doesn't recover quite as quickly as as, as you'd hoped or, or Dubravka's injuries worse or whatever, they might take it, make the move in the market. But if everyone remembers back to last summer, and come on in the comments and correct us if I'm wrong, but last summer Newcastle didn't move until they got that absolute battering off Borough in the behind-closed-doors game where they were meant to play them twice in a couple of days and they cancelled the second one because they got embarrassed that much against them. Um, and Dwight Gale got an injury as well, so they moved and they signed a striker in Callum Wilson, they signed uh, Jamal Lewis, and they eventually got the, the Ryan Fraser deal over the line, which had rolled on for so long. It took a crisis for them to act, and, and it feels a little bit like that now. But, but look, they are looking at players. I see a lot of people, and I'm glad Steve Bruce addressed that on Sunday because there's been a lot of social media crap with people saying, Mike Ashley's put a block on this. They can't move. They can't do that. Now they're just running the club the same as it was. It, 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 if the money's in the bank, the, the manager gets to spend it. Um, isn't always directly on transfer fees, might be on other things. Um, but the money isn't in the bank. There isn't a lot of money in the bank because the revenues have been stretched. Not stretched, the revenues have shrunk massively. They've just been squeezed. Um, so there isn't a massive amount of money in the bank. And that's when Cassie find themselves. Having a box clever. Hoping to get Joe Willock as their number one target. Looking for a centre-half. Um, Another thing, look, I'm not really on Twitter this week. I see a lot of people talking about the Florian Lejeune deal, all that kind of thing. I liked Florian Lejeune, don't get us wrong. But if you look at Nikasina, his back three is a pack, right? It is slow. They're all good defenders, but God, they are the slowest pack of defenders the Premier League's probably ever seen. There's not one of them with pace in that whole pack of centre-halves. And you need a little bit of pace. So... Newcastle can get rid of Lejeune, who's probably the slowest of the lot, by the way, and bring in somebody with a little bit of speed to complement the other ones who are good defenders. They have to do that. You have to, just because they're all good defenders and you write it all down on paper um, and map it out like you would on Championship Manager, doesn't mean it works like that on a, on a, on a football field. You need players who complement each other. You need them with different attributes. And Newcastle it lack um, any kind of speed in their defensive three, which actually limits them in that formation. Limits how high a line you can play, limits all sorts of different little things in the system. If you just add a couple of defenders in there with pace, it makes a big difference. So that's what they're looking for. They're looking for somebody to complement what they've already got. Um, Florian Lejeune coming back didn't do that. He wasn't going to bring anything new or different to the back line or what they required. And they're also looking for uh, potentially another midfielder. And the one that Maybe concerns me a little bit is the backup, backup striker. I, I did want to see a backup striker come in this summer. I, I think I talked a lot about that being a real priority for me because I think when you take Callum Wilson out and you're casting it, it's team, they go from a team who should comfortably finish 
though I'm mid-table, to somebody who's going to fight relegation. Um, and we'll have to hope that that doesn't happen again. Um, because Callum Wilson's a type that it looks like, judging by his first season, picks up the odd one. Never biggies, but picks up the odd one. Um, and, and Newcastle haven't got anybody. Dwight Gale proved last season, despite his murmurings behind the scenes and he's upset at not getting games, when he got the chance, he was poor. He was poor. He never, he never looked, he didn't look fit to lace Callum Wilson's boots. And that's um, sad because I think there is something there with Dwight Gale, but I'm just not sure that he's able to produce it and certainly didn't last season. And I think that for me is a little bit of a concern that that, that, that isn't a priority. But the budget's tight. We're going to have to look a little bit, look, look around and, and, and maybe wheel and deal and do things that they didn't expect they'd have to do. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. I, I think I think they are looking at players, they are scouting, and I'm glad Steve Bruce put to bed this social media rumour that's been doing the rounds that Mike Ashley's put a block on it. I think it's even been written in some stories, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, I, I just don't, don't get it. There's been also another thing I want to address as well, which, like I say, people are sending me snippets of stories and, and bits of content. And I don't even know where they've come from sometimes. But another one that I've seen that's doing the rounds is, is that uh, Amanda Stavely, who went on Talk Sport, I seen you were on Talksport today, Steve. Given it, got got both barrels out with uh, Simon, world mate Simon Jordan. <laughs> I thought that, I thought I would go on and go on the offensive because normally I'm quite cool, calm, and collected, and and like to hit him with a bit of logic. But today I thought, you know what? I'm going to do a little bit of research on you, and I'm going to go go for your jugular. And I thought it was a if it had been a boxing match, I think we'd have to go for another 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 uh, rematch. But um, I'd say it was a score draw with both of us showing a bit of respect towards the end. But it was uh, it was a good scrap. I enjoyed it. No way, Steve. You knocked him out of the park, man. You Thanks, mate. Well, I'm being modest. I needed you to say that. I can't say that. <laughs> as I did on Twitter as well, because he's got no answer for the absolutely disgraceful gutter behaviour in the what he called Amanda Stavey a few weeks ago. Um, I think it was something like a self-serving, sanctimonious rat bag. Then he come on trying to say in the replies to me, saying that I just mix rat bag up with silly Billy. I, they mean the same thing to me. Get away, honestly. Does he think people are born yesterday? The bloke's a fraud. And and I, and I said I offered to go on the show. So I would quite happily go on with him. We'll see how that pans out. I wouldn't go on for a fight, of course. But I'm quite happy to, to go on and... And call him out on that, um, because I, f- I found it. And he says people get offended, offended by other people's actions. Honestly, like I think that's such a bizarre comment to me. So, England's footballers, England's footballers were racially abused for no reason at all, and I'm offended by that. I'm offended by that. But I wasn't racially abused, and I'm not black, I, I, and it wasn't directed anywhere near towards me. But it's okay. I, I'm allowed. I'm allowed that. I can. I can be equally as angry and upset and offended by that kind of behaviour. You're allowed to be offended by bad behaviour. What Simon Jordan was trying to cover up by using these bizarre excuses was that he was trying to cover up his bad behaviour. He said something really offensive that a lot of people would see as offensive, um, and it's okay to call that out. Anyway, back to the Amanda Staveley stuff. I've seen a lot of people saying. Um, Basically, some people are saying she's a bit, bit of a fraud for, for calling out that, the messages that she gave on on Friday when she knew all along, and so did Murder, they, they knew that this decision had already been taken and the arbitration had been had been thrown back to January. It's just not true. It's not true. On Friday, they didn't. They didn't know that. It's not true. 
So people just, I don't, people, people, I've, I said this on the on New Year's Day, and I, I'm sounding a bit ranty here, maybe because I'm on my week off, I don't um, I should be relaxed, it doesn't sound like it. But people need, I said on New Year's Day, that people need to, need to just be really careful at who they believe. Um, and, and I think regular watchers of this show know that we've got, we've got contacts, and we, we know, we know what's going on. So, and that's not me saying I'm in the know or anything, but we know we know more than most. And I think um, to level those kind of things is just just bizarre. It's almost per- I don't know if it's personal. Is it personal? Is it is it gender driven? I don't know what it is. I don't really care what it is. I just know that it's wrong. It ain't right. Um, so just be careful who you believe. Yep, I would agree. Be careful who you believe. But I think the wheat is starting to separate from the chaff. Uh, certainly, the last uh, few days. Has, if it's taught anybody who's a casual observer of this, anything it is that we certainly haven't led you up the garden path over the last 15 months. We have told mm-hmm. the truth. We have said the PIF, the Rubens and Amanda Stabley are all still present and correct and waiting essentially to take over Newcastle United Football Club when the Premier League stop playing silly beggars. And we also said that Rafa Benitez was Amanda Stabley's choice. And then Amanda Stavely wanted Rafa to come in as the manager once the takeover was complete. Rafa confirmed that at the weekend of his press conference that he was watching Newcastle's developments from afar in China. And had the takeover gone through, then he would have been coming back to Newcastle United. So NUFC matters for all its critics, for all the people who have a pop at me, Liam, Keith, Steve and Neil in particular. We do tell the truth and we can't give... Everything carte blanche all the time. We don't sign NDAs, etc. We're just in the know to a certain extent about certain situations that develop from time to time. And we try to give the fans as much information as we possibly can. It's as simple as that. And, uh, you know, if that gets up the nose of other podcasters, that gets up the nose of other organisations, tough. That's all I can say. And we'll be here uh, continuing to do this certainly until this takeover goes through in this way and then hopefully we could all just get on famously all be friends and all skip off into the sunset we'll be riding off on gold-plated zebras and everybody else can uh, <laughs> and everybody else can just sit and weep at the fact that they were back in the wrong zebra anyway thank you to uh, our sponsors spider vpn uh, google spider vpn you can find them at the top of your google search list they help you protect your computer and protect everything on it protect your passwords protect your contacts protect anything uh, that you want to protect google spider vpn they are the boys to trust in that department also give a shout out to skips and bins another main sponsor been with us for the last few months I've have, as have spider vpn uh, telephone 0800 25 45 253. Email inquiries at skipsinbins.com. Website www.skipsinbins.com. Easy contract, free and pay as you go waste collection. Also, a big shout out to John at qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables and walls end in Newcastle. Uh, and also the makers of uh, our website and the people who run our website. And some snazzy new t shirts on sale. Uh, summer collection. London Colin t-shirts with uh, the likes of Rob Lee uh, and Les Ferdinand on. Uh, London Colin t-shirts, limited edition, £15 on nufcmatters.com. Also got these rather snazzy over-the-wall t-shirts with Ryan Taylor on there. And uh, Saturday's Kids t-shirts with uh, Steve Howie, Lee Clark and Steve Watson on there. All £15 from the nufcmatters.com website. 
care of qtechshop.co.uk. Also, a big shout out to John from Jab Signature, who of course does all of our flyers. If you're a first time visitor to the channel, then please subscribe. It is free. We don't charge you for any content. Uh, just hit the Newcastle Legends logo in the bottom right hand corner and that's it. You can subscribe. Hit the little thumb up underneath the video there to like the video. Click share, share it to the social media, such as Twitter, etc. And uh, drop it in the comments box to talk uh, to many like-minded Newcastle United fans. Don't forget, we are continuously raising money for the food bank on this show. NUFC fans, foodbank.co.uk is the website. You will find the match day bucket there. Make a donation to the match day bucket and you automatically go into the draw for this one-off watch. And uh, we are getting very close to the NUFC Matters charity pool night, which is where the watch, the winner of the watch will be announced. The winner will be drawn at the Spot White Club in Stowell Street, raising funds for the Food Bank Friday the 6th of August, a 24-hour charity pool night. Uh, and that is brought to you again by John at QTech. Uh, plenty uh, of questions coming in. It's going to be a case of getting through as many of these as we can in the last half hour. Uh, Lee G says, uh, sorry for the takeover questions, but I need to know, guys. I've lost a lot of hope recently, but if we win arbitration and the cat, etc., but we go down next season, what do you think happens then? Uh, win arbitration and cat, but go down next season. Uh, look, I I've, I've always said this, and... and me and Steve maybe don't always agree on this kind of thing, but I, I think, uh, and, and otherwise people have, might have different opinions and things like that. But I think, I think relegation is is a is a massive, massive, massive problem for any takeover at Newcastle United because the, the value not only has gone down because of COVID, it would absolutely drop through the floor, and, and negotiating that kind of deal um, would be really difficult. I think relegation is a massive problem, and that's the only time issue now that, that is in the back of my mind is that. Well, if Newcastle are in the bottom three come January, um, and we're flirting with relegation like we did, like we did from December till about the start of May last year, um, uh, this year, sorry, um, yeah, I think I think relegation is a problem. So win, win, lose or draw, I think relegation relegation is a problem for for negotiating a price. Okay, 100% Mag says, uh, Steve Liam, I'm really confident we'll get this takeover. We have the best lawyers on our side. I really feel the cat case is the way to show. Uh, that and, and what they've been doing. Yeah, speaking of Keith today, um, obviously we, we did the show a little bit earlier, but I genuinely think this is where Fatima plays a part. We've all been talking about Nick DeMarco, but Fatima certainly has her part to play. And I think, yeah, this cat case is going to be huge. Um, and, and, and the sooner we get the date, I think for Newcastle fans, mentality and, and, and saying, saying this, I think the better, you know, as soon as we get a date for that, I think everybody will be, everybody will be a lot happier. But uh, lots of lots of questions coming in about this. Karen says, do you think a deal may be done with the Premier League? I think, Karen, that is the whole point with the CAC case because CAC case will allow the disclosure. Um, and this is this is the this is the nuts and bolts of it. If you listen to what Keith said on the programme earlier, the disclosure that will come from the CAC case, um, I think will lead to the Premier League wanting the deal um or make a deal away from public site. That is my belief anyway. So, you know, that's my understanding of it. I'm not sure whether that's your understanding, Liam, but in, in layman's terms, that's what I feel. Yeah, well, well I think that the, the best way forward for everybody is if they do some kind of deal. But look, it's impossible. Like the way I described it, I had, I went just with being off this week. I went for, went for a couple of pints with my best mate, Mark, uh, in Cram lives up in Cramlinton. We were sitting, sitting up in Cramlinton for a couple last night. He was asking us lots of questions about it. 
And the way I described it to him was like, it's like a tree with so many branches. And it's impossible, really, for me to sit here or anybody, even legal people involved in it, to sit and predict exactly what, what could and will happen. It's impossible to know, unfortunately. But could there, could there be a deal outside of it? Yes. And and I think, like I've said, like I've said repeatedly on, on here, and I know Keith's done it as well on your, on your brilliant show on a Friday, um, is that disclosure, it's disclosure. Cat gives you disclosure that arbitration couldn't. And it's the disclosure, ultimately, that could well break this case. But I couldn't say that with any degree of certainty because who knows? It's it's taken so many twists and turns over the last 18 months. It could well continue. Yeah, it could do. Uh, Chris says, Liam, can I ask how the finances have been squeezed? Which, of course, is what you said earlier. We've received Premiership TV money, season ticket TV money, uh, season ticket money. Ashley's already had. Match day revenue was outsourced. So where is all the cash? Well, it's the commercial revenues have dropped. You'll see that when the accounts come out. I can't say exactly how, but that's what they're telling me. That's the, the sources are saying, uh, the club are saying, look, it's going to be squeezed. Um, I can see quite clearly, look, they haven't had the match day revenues. They haven't had the match day revenues for, for uh, more than a year. Um, so you could see how that will squeeze. It's a bit harder to sell. Obviously, you haven't had the corporates. You haven't had, there's loads of stuff, loads and loads and loads of stuff. Ticket sales, uh, it might have only been small, but but match day sales, for example, in the in the shop, etc. Also, all sorts of little, tiny little things that you don't think about. But of course, it's it's quite obvious to see that they've been squeezed. Have they been squeezed enough so that Newcastle can't compete with the Brentford? I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. I'm 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 very frustrated by that. Um, but it's different models and it's different clubs. And Mike Ashley doesn't run us like uh like a club where where we're allowed to spend. Um, against future revenues, we're allowed to use an overdraft and things like that, and like most other clubs do. Most other clubs deal with their transfers in a very different way to Mike Ashley's Newcastle United, because by all accounts, he's not really a man who likes debt. He likes clearing debt. He doesn't like having debt hanging around, which is why we've seen a push towards the upfront fees, get the player cheaper, etc. Um, he just does his business in a totally different way, and unfortunately, we're just we're stuck in stuck in his 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 ideas and his business model and and it's a shame it is a shame but it's just the way it is uh kenny says can you let him know when your next holiday is because the juicy stuff always seems to happen then and he wants to pencil in the takeover ah uh, kenny i wish i wish i could um i wish i could tell you but i've got a weekend i've got i think i've got a week in august so wink wink you never know that's not that isn't a hint by the way that'll pop up now steve i know it that'll pop up on um news now is Liam Kennedy. Liam Kennedy says deal deal done in August. It'll be I, some... yeah, I'd love to know who the hell is behind news now. Uh, this 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 thing. Me and Liam laugh about this every week, guys. But um every every week we do a show, somebody somewhere in a bedroom or office sits and picks apart what we've discussed for an hour. And then next thing you know, it's a news headline on this, you know. 200, 200 letter, 200 like, worded article, and it gets it, it comes like on news now, doesn't it? So it's like an exclusive with a dodgy headline, which means nothing. It's not our fault. Somebody's sitting watching it and putting it out there. So clearly, listen to what me and Liam say. <laughs> but um, we really, really got to be careful. I get the odd text from work, people at work, and things like that. I say, well, could you not have written that? Because it'll be top of news now. It'll be like, it'll be flying. <laughs> and I'd be like, what what'd you say on there for? Because you have written that. So I was like, well, I don't know. It was just a throwaway comment. That's the that's the life we live. 
It is, it is. Will the takeover be done by the end of April next year? Says Toon. I had a £50 bet with a mate in April this year that the takeover would happen within a year. So just an just a bit of information. Sorry, I'm, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not walking that road. Date, dates to me are irrelevant. I think it'll happen when it happens. If it happens, as I've said before. Uh, Ashington sixty two says not takeover related. Hooray, Liam. How does it feel professionally to have to go about your work when one of your principal subjects, Newcastle United, refuse to communicate with anyone? It's frustrating. It's really frustrating. Um, there are people within the club who are equally as frustrated as you or I um, that they can't communicate more. Um, but I still think they could make more of an effort, even within the, the strict constraints that they've got. Um, I think people could do more. I think the football club has to operate more more transparent, with a bit more transparency, because we we, we don't have that in Newcastle United. Um, and, and unfortunately, until Mike Ashley walks out the door, which fingers crossed will come about because of this this deal and the, the legal processes that that are going on at the moment. But until he walks out the door, then then I think it'll just remain, and it it's going to be as frustrating for you as it is I and some people within the football club might have. Uh, Manchester City have lost the repeal to keep details of the status of the Premier League's investigation in, into the Despiegel hack emails confidential. Will selective EPL transparency help our case? Asks Floriat. I don't. I don't know the answer to that one. I don't know anything about about the particular um, particular case. So it's a really good question, um, but I, I don't want to start commenting on something I don't really know a lot about. Okay. Uh, um, lots of comments. A mercenary would have been uh, to stay in China, getting paid twelve million a year, but he left a one million pound every four week contract to come back to European football. Would Bruce ever leave a contract that big? That's just a discussion that's going on in the chat. Ken Clements says, uh, "Hi, Steve. Listen to the Talksport interview. Are there any concerns about what Simon Jordan went on about piracy?" Ken, no, because nobody knows the full ins and outs of what the dispute is between the Premier League and the football club. And that is, you know, that is just somebody, again, putting something out into the public domain. It's assumed that piracy has some kind of issue, uh, you know, with this. I mean, you know, it wouldn't take a rocket science to say that that has potentially got something to do with it. But it's not been confirmed yet. And that will all come out with within disclosure. That is if... That is, of course, it goes to that level. It may not even go to that level. You know, I, my my firm belief now is that the CAC case runs um, and that there is that much stuff that comes out in the CAC case because my understanding of a CAC case is that, um, and, and again, this is after speaking to Keith, is that, you know, you both agree on a certain amount of stuff which can be disclosed to either party. Now, when you look at those, when you look at the disclosure, they can pick out key words um, which can which can then be you know put together, and both sides get a chance to look at some, not all, but some of the evidence that is going to be available. And I personally feel that when you get to that stage, the Premier League are gonna are gonna have kittens um, because there's a lot of stuff I believe that you know the buyer side, uh, you know, the, the seller side, sorry, will have. And I just I just think it's all the chickens are going to come home to roost. I I, I think that. This has been a masterstroke by the legal people in the sense that the Premier League were hoping that arbitration would go first. The fact that the CAC case is going to go first, that is why I genuinely believe that you know there is a lot more hope. I think it would have been the flip of a coin if it had gone to arbitration. 
I think with a cat case, I think there's a major chance of this going through. But look, that is an opinion. I know I'm not trained at the bar. I'm not a solicitor. I'm not a legal legal. I know absolutely nothing about cat cases apart from what people have actually told me. And it's not the only you, thing you don't do, Steve. Well, yeah, but believe you, believe you me, and you know this. One person who does know everything about cat cases is Keith Patterson. So you have to listen to him. He's been in that position. He is somebody who knows all about it. Tell me the next person, um, you know, in the fan base who's reporting on this on a regular basis, who has been slap bang in the middle of a cat case, apart from him. I think we've got the right person on this channel to give us that information. Um, it's, isn't that it's not only that, though. It's not only that, though, yeah. Steve. It's, it's, it's the fact that if he doesn't know the answers to something, he can quickly turn to people at the very top of that of that speciality in law. He can turn to them at the end of, on the phone or he can speak to people who are actually dealing with the process. It's one of those things that, that you know, I said it before and, and I stand by it, that, that, that you've just got to be careful who you listen to. Don't buy into all this, like, ooh, I'm too cool. You know, all the, all the hangers-on there is that, that, that sort of um, scapegoat Steve Wraith, scapegoat um, whoever it may be, Keith Patterson, and they think it's cool to just knock people like that when when ultimately the fans like you and me and the fans who know what they're talking about, they know what they're talking about, they've got contacts, um, just maybe think, sometimes think, oh, maybe he does know something. Um, and don't, it's ridiculous that people lump, lump. Look, I've, I've even had it in the last few weeks where people are like, who do you think you are? You're in, in the know. It's my bloody job to be in the know. That's what I'm meant to be. <laughs> like, what, like, is that meant to be some kind of criticism? Like, I, I get paid every month to be in the bloody know. I'm meant to do it. So I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not offended by saying you're, you're in the know because that means I'm doing a good job that I'm in the know. Um, but you kind of lump, you kind of lump the people like Steve and and, and all the people, you know, Steve Hasty and and Mitch and, and Keith and, and the criticism that, that that they get is just totally unwarranted. Um, it whips up into some kind of frenzy, and it's it's really quite shocking to see, to be honest. Um, I know I know a lot of them they don't they don't take it to heart because they're not that type of blokes, you know what I mean? They're, they're salt the earth blokes. Um, but still, it's not nice to see, and it's it's a really bizarre. Uh, dynamic that's sort of grown over the last maybe 12 months online and I think it's the cool kids who think it's who think it's great and they'll get a little bit of notoriety by jumping on the back of somebody that they perceive to be um, quite cool on, on social media, Twitter in particular I'm talking about here but keep your cool kids, just just stick to you, stick to doing what you, what, what you do best and we'll just stick to our stuff because we've been consistently right throughout this process because of the contacts that we've got um, so choose to believe her um, all you want, but the, the, the proof the proof of the pudding is in the eating, and, and facts facts always come to full. And, and consistently on this show, um, everybody who's involved has been consistently correct with the, the not only the predictions that they've made, but but things they've said um, would come to pass and have come to pass. Um, and as you said before, Steve, that, that particularly with the Rafa Benitez stuff, um, it's been absolutely spot on. Rafa was was looking, and we all knew that. We all knew that he was a big part of the PCP project the first time around when everything fell apart, um, and he was he remained so up until the day virtually that he took the Everton job. 
I mean, that, that folds nicely into that uh, question there about uh, Rafa. And he says, um, it's Rafa Benitez has got to Liam, do you think Rafa was getting signs from the buyers that it would be a long wait? I was thinking it would be done in a month. Uh, so I was angry that Rafa didn't wait. But now I can see why he didn't wait any longer. I mean, I can answer that question because of my connections with Rafa in the sense that, you know, he was told last year that the takeover was close because there was a belief that the takeover was going to go through last year. And, um, you know, he... he he couldn't wait forever. That's the, you know that's the that's the, the the nuts and bolts of it, isn't it? Really, lame. Yeah, but I've always said down here as well. That was Rafa doing Rafa things. Rafa wants to work. Like um, I, I actually, I, I feel quite privileged that I got the chance to speak to him um, off the record. Um, spent spent some considerable time with him when when they had the training camp in Spain um, in his final season. Um, got to go over there, spend three or four days over in Spain, and, and a lot of sort of chatting in around the hotel with a few other guys, like Chris Walkley, Ryder, and others who were there on that trip as well. And you get to know Rafa the man a little bit more. And, and he is really family-orientated um, with his daughters, his dogs, his wife, all that kind of thing. And we had a lot of chats about those type of things. But one thing that always ran through ran through with Rafa when he was talking was that he, he, he was a frustrated man if he wasn't involved in football, wasn't impacting things, wasn't grafting, wasn't thinking about the next game wasn't um, thinking about players, all that kind of thing. When he wasn't involved, he'd be frustrated. And it doesn't surprise us that he's taken a job. And let's be honest, I know it looks like he's maybe shopping a little bit in the bargain basement as things stand at Everton, but it doesn't surprise us he's taken the Everton job because it's a good job. It's a really good Premier League job. And it's a level above Newcastle United as things stand at the moment. I think he wanted to come back and I think he wanted to take up the project that he wasn't allowed. He had two hands tied behind his back and he fascinated by Mike Ashley. Um, and he wanted to come and restart that project and take it where he hoped to have taken it the first time round when he came in and agreed to stay. Never got the opportunity. But that's that's life. Rafa doing Rafa things. He wanted to work. And, and, he, and a good job came up and he took a good job. That's the end of it. I don't know if he was tipped off that things could take a long time because I think things have developed since then that have meant it's possibly going to take longer than everybody thought it would, maybe when he took the job. So I'm not necessarily sure he got the tip-offs um, that, that it would take longer. But look, it'll all come out in the wash and I'm sure we'll find out in time. Yeah, uh, we certainly will. Uh, Bill Burnett's just saying, what have these knockers ever done to promote the takeover? It's easy to sit back and do nothing, but criticise others who are doing something. Yeah, it, it, we see a lot of that, unfortunately. But uh, uh, let's get back on to players. Roger Cook says, Liam, are we stuck with Hendrick? He didn't do very much at York, I've got to be honest. Uh, I'm going to try to be as quick as I can answer these questions because I can see there's only about 10 minutes left. Roger, probably, is the answer. Probably. Uh, Danny says he'd love to see Richie in the middle if Shelby misses the beginning of the season. What's the what's the, the latest on Shelby? I mean, injured again. And, and any updates on Joe Linton? I mean, he, he limped off with a with a thigh injury. I just felt, you know, maybe it was too hot. I mean, it was 28 degrees down there on, on Saturday. Shelby looks Shelby looks a little bit longer term. Um, we'll have to wait and see whether he missed the first game of the season or anything like that. But Joe Linton doesn't seem to be bad. Of course, I'm off this week, so I'm not haven't exactly got a finger on the pulse with regards updates. But it doesn't sound like from Steve Bruce's comments that, that Joe Linton's going to be a long term. But we'll wait and see. Okay, uh, next question comes out again, takeover related from Dave. He just says, earlier today, Keith uh, said that Liam would have further info. What's the crack? Well done for putting Simon Jordan right. Cheers, Dave. Any any gems from, from Keith today in your conversation with him? 
no, no. Just um, I had a conversation with him this afternoon. He talked a lot about a lot of the same things that you've mentioned on here from your conversation. I watched you guys' video. It's excellent, really informative. I'd advise anybody who hasn't seen that video, 25 minutes of your time, um, go and watch that because a lot of the questions that you're probably throwing at me now um, or you may be putting in the chat are the type of things that, that, that um, Steve and Keith uh, answered um, perfectly this morning. Um, with regards to new info, I, I don't have any. So um, Keith Soldier put there like I haven't uh, I haven't got any new info tonight with regards. Or, or, or if if anything that I've said so far has been new, then that, that you've got you a lot really, lads. What's your thoughts on Kel Watts? Uh, says Joseph. Uh, I think it's going to be hard, difficult for him to uh, make an impact and be involved at Newcastle United this season. I think it's going to be difficult. Um, but look. The lad, the lad's got a chance. Um, everyone talks about it being a really good loan. I think it was a really good loan for him in in League One. Um, got to play a bit of men's football, um, and made his mistakes. I don't think it was uh, Plymouth were absolutely amazed by him. I don't think he was great every week. But that's pot. That's what your first loan's all about. Go somewhere or the second loan. Sorry, it was for him. It's about going there and making your mistakes and, and, and improving as a footballer. And who knows, he might have come back this summer. And by all accounts, you were there. He was one of the bright sparks, you told me, um, on Sunday. Um, so, fingers crossed, but I think it's going to be difficult for him. But um, all best of luck to the lad, um, because he is decent he's got a chance. Jason, uh, good evening, mate. Uh, hope you're doing well. He says, what's the deal with the cells? I see more negativity aimed towards him. He was terrible against York. How can he hold on to the captaincy? I wouldn't say he was terrible against York. I mean, look, it was a it was a friendly. It was our first run out. And yes, it was against York, a non-league team. We've had a couple of games more. Um, I just thought it was a blow in the cobwebs out kind of day. I mean, it, look, disappointing to concede a goal with five minutes to go. However... Um, you know, let's judge Lascelles when we play West Ham at home, the first game of the season. I'd rather lose every friendly um, than win any friendly. Win all the friendlies 5-0 and then go and get beat off West Ham. Um, it's all about having a run out, blowing the cobwebs out and, um, you know, you know, just, you know, basically trying to avoid injuries, especially when you've got no players uh, to, to sign. I was more concerned about this, which is a, a photo that I took, which, of course, went viral. Um, which was Steve Bruce uh, during the drinks break was more interested in looking across the ground than speaking to the players. I mean, that was a bit concerning for me, Liam. I just, I didn't get it. I, I didn't just catch him at the wrong moment, you know, and uh, he goes on about being a man manager, but it wasn't doing much man managing for me. No, I, I just want to go back to the LaSalle's thing. While I would, I think, I think he needs to cut a little bit slack if anybody's been criticising him. The lad's never kicked a ball. He missed the last month and a bit or whatever it was of the season. He's never kicked a ball in anger uh, pr uh, properly, probably since about March or April or whenever it was. So just cut him some slack. I think he's I think he's a good captain. He's a good leader. Um, he's not one of the people that I, I particularly criticise on here. Um, I, I understand his limitations, but I also think he's valuable, um, valuable to the squad and valuable to the team. Okay, um, lots of people <laughs> agreeing with me in the sense that Bruce is useless without Graham Jones. I, I did feel we were sadly lacking with free kicks and corners. There was no, there was no uh, originality or, or it didn't look as if they have been practicing anything on, like that on the training grounds. Look forward to Graham Jones coming back. Seems uh, PIF are having no trouble buying a £550 million stake in McLaren Formula One team. Stu, you're right. Uh, I think that's another thing uh, that is something that winds people up. Jacob Hall says, Liam. 
why you're here. You're off for the week. I know, so silly. Uh, I, di- I didn't, I didn't book him with Steve, but you know, it would. I, I felt, I felt responsible because obviously everybody on here now knows I had, I had COVID for for a week or so. Um, so that, and, and there was a few weeks where we hadn't done a live show, so so I didn't want it. I didn't want another break. I quite, I enjoy this as much as you guys out there enjoy doing it with, like doing this with us. Um, I enjoy chatting away and I enjoy your questions. So it's quite nice just to switch on for an hour or so, and, and I made sure I was up, as up to date with contacts etc as I possibly could be to see if I could give you any news. But it is what it is, um, and thanks thanks for that. But I'll I'll be back next week as well. So. Um, no worries about that. Okay, Beat says, what do you make of Benitez signing Townsend on a free? Do you think we missed a trick there? Me? Nah. I like I like Andros Townsend. I think I've even said it on this show that I would have quite liked to have seen him back, but I don't think it was really a priority and I wasn't really I'm not I'm not really fussed that, that Everton are signing him. A decent, decent pro, but but would just be a squad number at Newcastle United. Would you say he's a guaranteed starter in this system? Where where does he start? You have to play him up front, he'd be a He'd probably be second or third fiddle in that Alan St. Maximin role, potentially even behind Ryan Fraser if he's come back um, in any kind of shape. Um, so no, I just I, I'm not really I'm not losing any sleep over Andrews Townsend signing for Everton. Mark wants to know: Is there any truth in his target and tw- players 24 and under? I haven't had that confirmed, Mark. Good question, but it seems to be a worrying trend that's sort of growing um, this summer. Um, what's he saying? What's he saying? You're not very happy. Keith's not he says, Liam, Keith sold you a pup. Jesus, that's what happens when you use Judas as your best mate. How are you, Liam? I gave you the documents today and loads of evidence. <laughs> I'm keeping it myself, Keith. No, no, he really hasn't. I've, I've, not, I've not got anything anything particularly new to give you. So, yeah, it's, it is what it is. Uh, any, uh, I spoke at length earlier with regards to that case um, and what's going on with it, so... So anybody who has any questions about that, just just listen back to the start of the show. Um, with the twenty-four and under, it wouldn't surprise us. It wouldn't surprise us that that's what they've gone back to. And really, it, this is slightly missing the point. I get it, but I don't disagree with targeting a younger, fresher um, players for the squad, particularly defenders, as I've mentioned earlier, because there are certain certain positions in particular. And it is creaking a little bit, looking a little bit cold. Okay, uh, just got home, lads. Any news on Willock? We did start the show with Willock, uh, Barry, but uh, there isn't any news at the moment. It did seem a little promising at the weekend, but uh, no news as yet. Uh, is Conor Gallagher still a goer, Liam, says Life Goals? It's one they're interested in, yeah. It's one they've been interested in for a couple of years now, um, player they've monitored. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I think I think it is, potentially. But, but a lot depends on um, what Chelsea want to do with the player and and. And this is the problem when you haven't got a lot of money. The loans um, loans will probably happen late in this window. Fingers crossed that Joe Willock one isn't a late one, but but most of the loans will probably happen later on when, when clubs work out what they're doing with their squads. Uh, Clever Jackson says, Steve on the Premier League owner and director test as Lee Charney and Justin Bonds fit and prop out to run Premier League club. The problem is, problem is with anything that went pre-Newcastle uh, United Saudi takeover, uh, the rules were different. So I, I've had so many messages from people on uh, Twitter today uh, saying, what about Man City? Is that not the same as the Newcastle one? Well, yeah, but the Premier League rules, unfortunately, were different, weren't they, Liam? Yeah, yeah, the, the rules have been um, adjusted and changed and all that kind of thing. So, 
So, yeah, unfortunately, the rules that applied for other deals and other takeovers don't quite apply to the Newcastle United one, as fair or unfair as that may seem. Yeah, OK. Uh, have you heard anything about Willock and money in exchange for ASM? No, I haven't heard that, no. I'm I've not saying it won't happen, but... but plenty, people linking, um, plenty of people linking Willock and ASM to Everton over the weekend as well. Again, just mischief-making. Again, it's one of those things that you, you just think, well, you know, it could happen. There's no doubt it could happen. But I, I personally do not think ASM is Rafa Benitez's title player. No, I would agree with you. It doesn't, it doesn't fit the disciplined uh, type of player that Rafa Benitez, a disciplined, smart kind of player that he'll sign. I just don't... It, it it could happen. It wouldn't be an absolute shock if he signed that type of player because he's a, he's a really good player. Um, but it just doesn't seem... Looking at it from the outside, it doesn't seem a Rafa Benitez type signing. Um, I'd be very surprised if that happened. The Dwight McNeil links are definitely much more Rafa Benitez because that was a player that he wanted to sign at Newcastle United, if everyone remembers back. Uh, last question, we'll give it a bead. Uh, can you see us cashing in on Hayden as he is continuously linked with Southampton? The club are really keen to brief, uh, maybe a week, week and a half ago, that it was not it, that, that, that Isaac Hayden to Southampton was not on the agenda. There were no talks taking place. Um, I think the player wants to stay. He only signed a new contract, I think it was in October or November last year. Um, a long-term one committing his future because there's always been that undercurrent of uncertainty around Isaac Hayden, but it feels it feels like you'll probably be a part of things next season. That's my opinion. Okay, as always, that hour has flown over, and uh, from our pers uh, perspective, I hope it's uh, it, it served you well, and you've got as much out of that as possible. As Liam mentioned earlier, please do uh, click on the podcast that we did a little bit earlier. It's only about 15, 16 minutes long. Me and Keith Patterson explaining exactly what arbitration in 2022 means, but how important that CAC case is. Please give it a watch. It's only 16 minutes of your time and you will get an opportunity to uh, at least give yourself a little bit of clarity uh, with regards to what lies ahead over the next few weeks. Liam, last chance to uh, give yourself a plug, mate. Well, I, I kind of, I, I, I sort of set hair away last week, didn't I, Steve? I think you've had a few people asking you uh, questions. Yeah, and... yeah, you could say you, give, you, you did do that, yeah. Um. About a new job. So I've had a little bit of a ticking off. So we'll have to, I'll have to leave that news for a new week. But I do work for the Shields Gazette at present. And I think I might have a little bit more news for you next week. It's nothing ridiculously exciting. But NUFC Matters crew, everybody out there, I, I could do with your support in helping push something and launch something a little bit new. So there's a little bit more for you. Fantastic. I'm back tomorrow night, 6 o'clock till 7 with the uh, Retro guys. And uh, we are looking at games between Newcastle United and Barnsley. So I'll be joined by the usual crew of Steve Hasty, Neil Mitchell, Steve Wilkinson, Stu Penman and, of course, George Mitchell. As we look back, uh, games gone by between Newcastle and Barnsley. Also look at celebrity Barnsley fans and players that played for both teams. I've also stuck a link uh, into the... Uh, TalkSport website into the chat. You can click on that. Um, they've actually transcripted my interview with Simon Jordan now, uh, which uh, shows that it's had uh, the desired effect that I hoped it would. Uh, so if you missed it, have a look on there and you'll also be able to pop on the uh, TalkSport website and, of course, listen to the uh, interview in its entirety. It started at around about 10.20 this morning on the Jim White Show. So uh, make sure you uh, tune in there. Thanks to everybody uh, in the chat, as always, uh, for uh, your questions. And uh, Liam will be back 
next Tuesday night. Uh, again, six till seven as we chew the fat on Newcastle United. Okay, Liam, have a good week. Enjoy the rest of your week off, mate. Take care. See you, everybody. Only way you're ever gonna learn